Welcome to the NOLA Podcast. I'm Ru. On this episode, Tyra G. Morrison, aka Tyra the Creative, a star on the rise, actress, YouTube creator, entrepreneur, and pastry chef on the side. She plays a younger version of Loretta Devine's character on the hit Netflix show, Family Region, which has won multiple NAACP awards. We talk about acting, how to succeed as a content creator, and how Little Black Girl Magic helped her rise from a small town in Louisiana to follow her dreams. As always, Bugash has the interview. Yo, bro, take it away. Hi, Tyra. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. Yes, I'm uh, glad that we have the opportunity to talk to you about a thing that you are doing as a star on the rise. So for those who, who don't know, just talk a little bit about your background and how did you get started in acting? Well, I have been acting since, I would say, the first grade. And it wasn't that I, you know, fell in love with acting, but you know, when you're in school, they always have like the school plays and things that you have to be a part of. So very early on, I was a part of a Christmas play and I played this little baby doll. I didn't have any lines, but I just loved being on stage and seeing everyone looking at me. And then I was in my next play in the fourth grade and it was a play for Earth Day. So in this play, I was a tree and I feel like that is a very cliche story that everyone has they have like this experience where they play this very minuscule role and they found out that they love to act but that's truly what happened I I remember my mom taking me to Walmart to get this ugly brown outfit but I was so excited because I was like I'm gonna be the best tree you ever did see I was super excited about this performance and when I was on stage I just realized that it filled me with this this joy and just this excitement that I could not explain that I didn't get from anything else and I was I was really just searching for that feeling over and over again so for me it was more so about how acting made me feel than the actual act of acting mm. so how did now how does one go from Baton Rouge to YouTube to influencer to Netflix? Well, I grew up in St. Francisville, Louisiana. That's where my whole family is. And I've always been interested in travel. I've always wanted to see other places and just experience what the world has to offer. But especially coming from a small town like St. Francisville, I was terrified. My family doesn't fly. The the summer trips that we would go on would be to the Lafayette State Fair. Remember when they had the they used to have the State Fair out there? That's as far as we would go. So we were very much right. so in our own bubble. But I really wanted to just venture out and be daring and do things that I hadn't seen done around me. So I did the National Student Exchange Program because I wanted to get to New York. By this time, I knew that I wanted to be an actor. So I was saying, okay, New York is the perfect place to go. I went out there for a semester for school, absolutely loved it, and I moved to New Jersey for about a year and a half. I quickly found out that it it wasn't for me. Literally two days after I moved out there, there was this huge blizzard of 2016. I was snowed in for days. I didn't know anyone, so I was like, this is not what I want to do with my life. And I decided to move once my lease was up. But while I was out there, that's when I started my YouTube channel. And my YouTube channel, I always had it in the back of my mind. 
that I just wanted to create my own platform instead of waiting for a casting director to notice me or waiting for the opportunity. I wanted to create my own opportunity. So that's really why I started my YouTube channel and I found out quickly since I had natural hair that companies would pay me to talk about my hair and to use their products or use their services or all of those things. So I was like, Tyra, this is lucrative. Like you need to, you know, see where this will take you. And through that experience, I stopped working a real job. At the time I was, um, I was actually in culinary school while I was out there and I was working at Red Lobster as a waitress. I've never had, you know, a real full-time job, but I've always worked and started my YouTube channel, really opened my eyes to the world of freelancing and making money on your own terms. And that's really why I stuck with my YouTube channel because I saw it as a lucrative side hustle at first, which turned into my full-time gig and just an avenue to express myself as a creative. And now I live out in California and my YouTube channel is growing. I have a lot of really great partnerships. And, you know, as an actor, you always want to make it out to LA if you want to be in TV and film. And I was reading blogs and watching YouTube videos of everyone trying to figure out what my game plan needed to be. So I found out that I needed to go to acting classes. Even though I have a degree in theater, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I really don't know anything about TV and film. I know a lot about theater, which but they're two totally different worlds. So I'm going to get in some classes. And from the very first class that I went to, it was called, Hey, I Saw Your Commercial by Mike Pointer. And I absolutely love his class. I share it with everyone. I think if, if you're ever in LA and you want to get into acting, you should definitely take his class. But he has showcases. And at those showcases, you get to perform in front of top management companies and agencies. So I went to three or four before I finally got someone interested, but I finally got an agent from one of those showcases. And two weeks after signing with my agent, I got the audition for Family Reunion. At the time, did not know, you know, uh, the gravity of what it was. I didn't know it was for Netflix. I was just thinking, oh, it's just, a, you know, my first audition. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do my best and I'm just going to leave it all out on the on the floor and just go home. And right. I, <laughs> I had that audition. I thought I did bad because he only asked me to read through my lines twice and it was like three lines. So I was feeling a little self-conscious but I said, Tyra, we're not going to do that. We're just going to, you know, shake it off, go about your day. And two days later, I got a call back. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. I still didn't know that it was for Netflix. I I didn't know the gravity of it. And when I went to my call back, I met with the creator of the show. The casting director was in there. And I think a writer from the writer's room was in there. And again, I, I only read through my lines twice. And then they asked me, did I know Loretta Devine? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, who doesn't know Loretta Devine? And they said they were looking for someone who could portray a younger version of her. And my heart dropped. I was like, what? This is a real thing. Like, this is a real performance. Like, this is big. Like, she's famous, famous. So all of this stuff is going through my head in the audition. And luckily, I'm also a voice actor. 
So I typically, like whenever I'm like showering or getting ready in the morning, I do practice voices. And I just so happened to have practiced her voice, like I think a week before. So it was very fresh in me. And I read my lines as a young Loretta Divine only once. They said, thank you. I left and I was like, okay, again, leave it all out there. Shake it off. Just leave it alone. And literally later that day, I got the call that I got the part. And that's when I found out that it was a brand new show on Netflix, that it was going to be this this amazing thing with the all black writers room, um, a mainly black, black crew, which is something that is not really done a lot. It's still, you know, it, that's what family reunion is known for. But that was my experience. And I think um, not really knowing the gravity of what it was is really what got me the role. For those who, who haven't seen the show, and it uh, is a, a great show, I know you guys did get the uh, 2021 NAACP Award for Children's Program. Talk about the show, the premise of the show, what it is in addition to your feelings about a show that you are you are on getting a prestigious NAACP Award. Well, I'm super excited that Family Reunion has received multiple NAACP awards. And overall, the show is a multi-generational show. It centers around the matriarch of the family, Madeer, who is played by Loretta Devine. And it just takes you through the daily life of a black family living in Columbus, Georgia. So her son was a NFL football player who comes home um, for a family reunion and he ends up staying. So they end up moving in and it just talks about a lot of social issues and current events that are going on in the world and just showing how um, even the older generation and younger generations navigate today's world. It is set in, you know, current times. And my overall experience with working on the show, yes, it is my first like major network show, but there's this sense of family that I I get from being on on the set, which you don't really get a lot because I have been cast in in other things, and sometimes it can be a little impersonal. But I love that everyone is so genuine on the family reunion cast and crew. It's easy to just you know express yourself, talk to everyone, and really get to know each other while we're filming. And one thing that I, I thoroughly enjoy. Um, is that we have different directors for the show. So I've been directed by multiple directors. I've been directed by Eric Dean Seaton, who created, um, who was a director for Back to Raven, which is a show that I grew up watching. He's also directed Sister Sister. So I've seen his work and it was just surreal to be really under the, the direction of people like him that I grew up watching their work. And um, something else that I really love is that it's very easy to make a mistake because even in the movies, you'll see like whenever they have like scenes of the director and you're like trying to act and they just get so upset and mad and, you know, you, you get so bogged down because you think you're supposed to do this thing correctly the first time. I don't get that on family reunion, on the set of family reunion. And I was really nervous about that because time is money. That's what you always hear in in the acting world. And you don't want to waste time by not knowing your lines or not hitting your mark. And I love that on the set of Family Reunion, it's always 
compliments it's always that was great this time let's try this you're doing amazing you're doing a fantastic job they really reinforce you with um positive reinforcement and compliments and it makes you so much more comfortable and it makes you want to do your job right i want to i want to go back to something you said and ask you something else now you mentioned mm-hmm. something and i always mention this in interviews with people because i think about just the framing of what you are I think of what you've done is very entrepreneurial so we say a real job I think that as an entrepreneur in, in acting with this new models that are that have emerged you are you are one of the masters of the universe in this you are really doing your thing and I want to commend you on that so and, and so to to go further into that to talk about just how you have developed partnerships are you becoming an entrepreneur and an actress kind of at the same time just kind of uh, for those who are trying to get in the game so for me I kind of just fell into it once I found out that people or companies and brands would reach out to me to send me products for free and um, just wanted to get my experience with it it really made me want to learn more about this industry so I started looking at other creators I started looking at influencers and seeing who they were working with I started paying attention to their verbiage under their posts so I would know if it was a sponsored post and really just tried to put myself in that world. I have this book that I, I recommend to everyone who wants to get into being an influencer or a full-time content creator. It's called Influencer by Brittany Hennessy. She is a, a black woman living in New York and I absolutely love her book. She lets you know everything that you need to know to fully equip yourself and be confident in this industry So because people will walk all over you. People will only pay you pennies or not mention pay at all. And it's very important that you know the laws, that you know what you have to offer, and that you know how to be confident when talking to these these brands. So after I read her book, I started going to her workshop, and I just finished her Influencer Business Plan course, which was a 100-day course that really took you through the business side of being an influencer, learning how to negotiate contracts, learning how to find your rate. Um, learning how to find companies that that have the same morals and values that you do so that your audience will will actually follow what you say about that and you'll keep your, your authenticity and they'll still trust you. I think the biggest thing for anyone who wants to be entrepreneurial is the influencer space or um, just create your own content and work for yourself is to first know what it is you're providing value on. Because a lot of people will just say, oh, I'm just going to share my life. And, and that's it. And that's all fine and dandy, but you'll eventually plateau and fall off if you're not providing any sort of value. So are you inspiring people? Are you educating them? Are you validating the ways that they already feel? That's really important to, to know about before you just say, okay, this is what I'm going to do long term and I'm just going to, I'm just going to wing it. More of our interview with Tyra, the creative, after these brief messages. This week's episode was brought to you in part by 
Mr. Chell's First Class Cuts, located at 2734 South Carrollton Avenue, is the premier barbershop in the city of New Orleans. Founded by the iconic Wilbert and Mr. Chell Wilson, it continues to be the place where one can receive first class service. So today call 504-861-7530 to make an appointment. Mr. Chell's First Class Cuts, continuing the tradition of excellence, service, and giving back to the community. Back to our interview with Tyra G. Morse. All right. You mentioned a couple of things in that I think that are interesting in that you mm-hmm. talked about aligning with your values and talked about value itself. Like where did, where is the foundation of your morals and values come from? And two, you know, as far as your trajectory and understanding plateauing and then kind of falling off or continue to have momentum and kind of move in different spaces, what do you see as your long, your long goal as far as the way you see your career in the business? Okay. My long-term goal in the business of acting is to see myself as a film star. I really want to be in film. Um, I've always said that I wanted to be a superhero or in some sort of action movie series. I would so much love to, to be that because it's not really something that I saw too much growing up. Like you see, we see it more often now, but I still want to move into that world as far as acting goes. But my overall goal is to use my platform to share with people how to live a sustainable lifestyle, share with people how to break generational curses that have been passed down to them through their bloodline because a generational, you know, a generational curse or a generational trauma are just things that your parents have dealt with, that their parents have dealt with, that people say, oh, well, I get that from my mama. I get that from my grandma. Well, my whole family like that. Whenever you use that as an excuse for something that you, that you do, that you want to change or you don't see in other people that isn't really a positive thing, that's what a generational that's what generational trauma is. So my biggest, biggest goal is to create for my family and to break all of those generational curses that have been passed down, like especially in the black community, high blood pressure, diabetes, things of that nature. I, I always say that it stops with me. And yes, I want to be an actress, but I really believe that being a public figure like that, you really have to have a bigger cause. You really have to have something bigger that you want to, to do with your life. Right, and where does that come from? Uh, from your family, from your upbringing, your surroundings? Uh, talk about that. It really came from my family and my, my community back home. I have felt this way for a very, very long time. And just through the recent years of going to therapy and doing meditation and spending time with God, I've been able to verbalize everything that I'm passionate about and put it into what I just said. But yeah, it started when I was, when I was very little. I'm, I'm very lucky to have the parents that I, that I do have because especially growing up in a small town, I ran into a lot of people who would try to put their fears on me. As far as saying things like, oh, you want to be an actor? Well, why don't you go and be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that where you can make a, a lot of money? Because it's hard to be an actor, you know, sharing those fears with me. And I'm so glad that I had the mental fortitude to block out all of that. And I also had parents that 
put me in different programs to um to further my 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 interest in acting or they just allowed me to be the type of child and young adult that I wanted to be. They allowed me to go to school for theater. They never said, oh well, let's back up. Maybe you should go to school for this and do acting on the side. That was never the case in my in my immediate family. And I know that even like with other family members that did say things like let's how about be a doctor and stuff it was out of love but it was them projecting their fears onto me and I'm glad that I was able to uh decipher through that and know that this is not what God has for me I was able to listen to my intuition so I would say that it was almost 100% built on my home life and how I grew up in St. Francisville. Now we're in this age of this black girl magic thing and it's so beautiful. I have a daughter and uh, we always talk about her greatness and kind of embracing that at a young age mm-hmm. so I'm glad that you mentioned that so you were formulated you were talking to a 12 year old 10 year old 8 year old girls out here that are really just mm-hmm. starting to develop and think about what it is that they want to do with their life and not be discouraged if you will from pursuing their dreams and making it happen what would you tell them? I would tell them they can accomplish well I'm going to speak as if I'm talking to the one of them you can accomplish anything that you put your mind to if you can dream it you can achieve it and I want to challenge you to create something called a dream book when I created my dream book it was a very pivotal moment for me in my life because that's when I learned how to dream I bring this up because that's not really something that is talked about early on in life like yeah you know, people will say, go, go do what you want to do. Or what do you want to be when you grow up? But the actual conversation of, okay, what is a dream? What do you aspire to be? What, what is, what are your deepest, darkest aspirations that you want to do? What is something that you haven't seen done that you, you feel like you want to bring to fruition in the world? I didn't, I didn't have that mindset around dreams. And I went to a church lock-in, Faith, Hope, and Love. Um, worship center in St. Francisville under Pastor Ronald Hardy and Robin Hardy. Um, First Lady Robin Hardy actually passed away due to COVID on April 6th last year. So I really want to use my platform to also commemorate her life because she she played a very pivotal role in my life as far as, as my dreams are concerned. So we were at this church lock-in and she taught us how to make a dream book. And in this book, we had the definition of a dream, it was laid out for our dream life, our dream family, our dream career, our dream school, because at the time I was about 11 years old when I created this book. And she just gave us an entire day to just dream. And that's not something that I have ever experienced in my life. And from that day, I was like, wow, now I have something tangible. Now I have something that I can I can look at. Now I can see my dream. Because I always said, you know, oh, I like acting. I may do that when I grow up, but I could ne- I never had vision. I never had vision for that until I, I created this dream book. So I would say to little girls, create that dream book, create that timeline of what you want to do in your life. And whenever people come to you and say, uh, maybe you should do this or what about this? 
block that out and go sit with your dream book and reinforce your confidence in yourself for what you want to do in your life, whatever that may be. Don't let people tell you what you can and can't do. Don't let people, even people who love you, even if your mama or your daddy, like don't let them project their fears onto you because you will know deep down if it's something that you want to pursue. And I think that that's worth exploring because regret is a real thing and that's not something that you should be living with regret about something that you dreamed as a child or as a young adult and it's funny Tyra you have answered what I would have asked you in and almost in closing about a recipe for a successful life I think you kind of laid that out but since you did go to culinary school <laughs> talk about you know just, 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 you know what I mean <laughs> that you said you know, me out there in LA and I know you know I spend some time out there sometimes you just can't get good food out there mm-hmm. so what do you what do you like cooking what, what kind of stuff do you cook so I am at, I actually went to culinary school and I concentrated in pastry and confection so I'm a pastry chef and I really enjoy um, so let me back up a bit in 2010, I started my own business. I didn't, you know, make an LLC or anything. I was in high school and it was called Kyra's Tasty Treat. And I made special occasion cakes for friends, faculty at my school, and just people in, in the neighborhood because they friends are so small, you basically know everyone. So I started out doing special occasion cakes and that's what really um, influenced me to go to culinary school but nowadays really like making small confections and and chocolates so during the like the Valentine's Day season I'll make a chocolate box with a bunch of different chocolates um, basically like truffles so they'll be like dark chocolate white chocolate milk chocolate and they'll have these fun feelings to go along with them Um, and I also like making macaroons my favorite favorite thing to make macaroons and chocolate i would say but i also know that those types of things are really expensive to make and there are things that people buy on special occasions so what you can find me making more so nowadays are gourmet vegan meals i have this event called Tyrus table where i invite over three people and we have a three-course meal. We have an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, a dessert, and they're all gourmet. And it's just a safe space to talk about the things that you're going through and also be fed in your mind, body, and spirit. So we have good food and good conversation. And I'm just, I, I use that to build community out here in LA because I've always been able to bring people together with my cooking. You are bringing people together with just your grind, with all the stuff that you do. And uh, I'm going to say, you know, that you already are a super shero. You're already doing that, sister. You, you living that. You don't have to play that in a, in, a, in a movie. You are living a life. And so I'm excited for you, sister. Thank and you. in closing, is there anything else that you would just like to to say to the, the audience and people who are cheering you on and people who are inspired by you? I guess I would say if you are an actor or a creator or a creative of any any kind and you live in a, you know, a smaller town or you live somewhere where the opportunities aren't as bad, take this as a sign. Go for it. You only have one life to live. You can always go back home. The worst thing to do is to live with a what if. I would rather, I would so much rather live with a well I tried than a what if. 
So take this as a sign and go for whatever it is you want to go for. Write those dreams down. Start that dream book. Write that timeline. Have a plan and be confident in what it is you want to do. It's been amazing talking to you. It's so inspirational, sister. Mm -hmm. So keep doing what you're doing and uh, definitely want to stay connected with you and what you're doing. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Mm, Thank you. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Tyra G. Morrison. Be sure to stream Family Reunion on Netflix and subscribe to Tyra's YouTube channel at Tyra the Creative. Subscribe to get the next episode of the Nomad Podcast. The Bugash on Peace.